Welcome to the Attentive Heart Podcast, where we explore how an integration of mind, body, and spirit make us whole and enable us to become more compassionate to ourselves and to others. I'm your host, John Grabovich. So, so you have this amazing kind of reversion experience, conversion type of experience, and and what do you do with that? I mean, you go back to LA and you just start going back to the daily grind, or I mean, like yeah. what happened after that? I go back to LA, and um, but be- before that, it it uh, I remember this was like because I took some time off. I was staying home, and I remember um, just thinking this. Now at that time, I didn't know what grace is and you know we can talk about that another time but i just remember i wasn't grieving at that time i i was giving this strength of like i i can't even explain it but i think i needed to have that strength then because you know of our family like some of us were grieving some of us were strong and then later on i i, I was grieving and then they had the strength so it was like this this balance, you know, um, but I, mm-hmm. that never, I never forgot that because I was like, okay, this is, this is not me. This is coming from this strength is coming from outside of me, you know? Um, so that was one thing, but then I, um, but then going back to LA, yeah, kind of get back into the grind, you know, you can easily slip back into a lifestyle. Um, still wasn't really going to church, but like God took care of that because I was I was dating this um, Filipina girl and Easter came along and she was like, all right, it's Easter, like we should go to church, you know? And um, so we went to church and we went to this parish, Good Shepherd, and, um, and there was this priest in there and he was like lighting the place on fire, you know, like he was just, people were lined up to see this guy because he was just like, he just hit you with the truth and all this stuff. And, and I remember being there and being super uncomfortable because he was like, hit me, you know, sometimes the truth hurts, you know? And, Mm -hmm. and I was like squirming in my seat and I was like, I don't like this. And, Mm -hmm. and, but I like, but I, I had to go back and I kept going back and kept going back. And like, this guy became like, I still talk to him this day, became like my mentor and my friend and my spiritual director and all that. And um, that's when I really started getting into my faith and practicing and church and like getting involved. And and I I got involved with, you know, anything that that they needed me, I would I would help them, you know. Mm What were some of these truths that he was hitting you with, so to speak? I mean, like, do you I mean, remember like things that really kind of just hit you hard or? Yeah, a lot of it was just lifestyle stuff. You know, mm-hmm. at that time I was still living a very, um, <laughs> just kind of doing, doing what I wanted to do, you know? Um, uh, so it was definitely those kind of things, but then also those things that hit a little deeper, like, uh, you know, like. It, it, it hits you in the gut because you know it's true, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're all built in to want truth and to seek truth and to want to know, like, why and all this stuff, you know, so it like bothered me, but I like wanted to, 
I needed more. So like, yeah, I, I, I just, um, I just kept going back and, um, and became like a wallflower at that place. That's great. So let's unpack that more then. I mean, cause you entered the seminary later in life, right? Yeah. So it took you a while to think that, that God might be leading you to become a priest. So what were some of the, the, um, touch points from where you are here now coming back to the church? establishing this relationship with this priest to then thinking that you might become one. Yeah. Um, so like I said, I got really involved with this church and they had, it was right in the middle of LA. They had all kinds of awesome things going on. Um, and, um, I remember sitting at mass one after mass one day and I was just praying and this little tiny lady is walking around and, I've seen her before. I didn't really know who she was. And there's something about her, like, again, <laughs> you know, I'm, I keep talking about my mom, but like, she mm -hmm. reminded me of my mother mm -hmm. and she was walking around and then she sort of made her way around the pew and then plop, she like sat right next to me. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I'm sister Virginia. And like, my mom's name was Virginia. So I was like, <laughs> nice. blown away, wow. you know, That's and cool. she's like, oh, so like, so like, what are you doing? And she's like, she just introduced herself and, and I'm like, oh, you know, I'm just praying, I'm, I'm, I'm praying and this and that. And, and I think I said, um, I, I think I mentioned something about my mother, but I didn't say anything what would happen or whatever. And she just said, oh, is she with us anymore? And I was like, no, she's not. And she's like, well, good. Now you can talk to her all the time, <laughs> you know? And, uh, it just made me feel like comfortable and, mm she invited me to become part of like the RCIA, which is like when, when people are adults want to come into the church and become baptized and confirmed, they go through this program right. called RCIA. And right. so she, she wanted to, um, uh, me to be like a sponsor or something. So I did that. And then like, before I knew it, like I said, I mean, they had like prison ministries, they had homebound ministries, they had teen confirmation, adult Bible studies, like, anything I could do, I, I was there. And I was there like three, four nights a week and at mass all the time. And it was like a really awesome community. Like it was, everybody knew each other in that church. It's like the ideal of what like a church should be in terms of like community and everybody like got each other's back and like th that kind of place. And um, so, yeah, so I got really involved in all that stuff. And then um, at the same time, I was doing like my own work and I like hated it. Like I hated what I was doing. I was creating cartoons for Barbie doll, like animations that were all about like finding the most bling and like getting the most boy guys and like I, for like eight year old girls. And I'm like, this stuff is horrible. And like, the term that always stuck with me was the velvet coffin. Like I just, it felt like a velvet coffin. Like you're very comfortable, but you're slowly dying, you know? Um, <laughs> and uh, I don't think I ever heard that expression actually, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and I remember once I was sitting in a meeting and I'm going to, I'm going to like name drop here, but it was like sure. a meeting to create something for um, like Ryan Seacrest productions. And mm -hmm. um and so they were all getting this team together to like, we want to create this new property for the Ryan Seacrest brand to like make more money for this, whatever. And 
And I was looking around the table and all these people, God bless them, I don't judge them, but they're like talking to create this, like, I don't remember if it was an app or something for Xbox or what, what it was, but like, um, they're all, everybody was talking like they were this, like they were just about to discover the cure of cancer or like world <laughs> hunger or something. And I was like cracking jokes, like, well, like, kind of like, who, like, yeah, who cares? Like, whatever, it'll be fun to do this. And, and they were all looking at me like, like, and I didn't have that same. This level. is Ryan Seacrest we're talking yeah. about here, Randy. Come on. <laughs> exactly. And I didn't, I, like, they sensed that I didn't have that level of that. And at, that was the point where I knew I can't do this anymore. Like, I just, I can't do it anymore because mm. it's like, and ironically, I was part of like, you know, all these groups. And, and one day, because I'd never thought of the priesthood. And one day, like three people came up to me at three different times and were like, you should be a priest. Like, you should be a priest. You should be. Mm -hmm. a and I was like, priest, like, what are you talking about? Like, not me, not me, you know? Um, but they, but it's like they say that's this once the seed is planted, like mm. it's planted, you know? Right, um, right, right. So I, uh, I sat on that for probably about three years and it just sort of kind of stayed there. It never went away. I remember talking to a, a vocation director or a spiritual director or something. And he's like, mm -hmm. all right, like it's getting to the point where you got to do something about it or else it's not going to go. It's not going to go away. You know, mm -hmm. he's like, so you got to take, take the next step. So um, that's when I decided to, I was like, all right, like maybe I'll try this and enter a seminary. And I was like, should I go in LA? you know, there's different types of priests and different types of things you could do. And um, sure. finally, my dad called me from New York and he was like, oh, there's like a seminary, like right up the street from here. You should go there. And I called them up and they were like, yeah, like, we'll take you and <laughs> drove across the country. And that was it. <laughs> you know? So I drove from Los Angeles to Las Vegas for okay. a night and then all the way across the country to Queens. And I remember talking to some of the priests there and they're like, yep, we think that's the first time that has ever happened in this seminary. <laughs> like, it was like, again, I've been on a million retreats. Like that was my favorite one driving across country. Yeah, It was like yes. the best retreat ever. You know, the, the thing that I remember the most about it was, I mean, I was terrified, you know, I was like, okay, mm -hmm. like, wh what did I, what am I getting? What did I sign up for here? Like, what am I getting myself into? You know, I had no idea what to expect. I, I hadn't lived in New York for 13 years. So, and yeah, I was terrified, but at the same time, like every minute of that, like just being on the road was like a retreat. It was, um, therapeutic, you know, I, I, uh, I loved it. Yeah. I mean, the last time I had to cross country was leaving a Trappist monastery in New York and just <laughs> heading to another monastery in California to just try out to see if things would work out there in Big Sur. But it was, for me, it was like, I don't even know really if, even if this monastery thing is gonna work out, but I just know I have to get out to California. And I just packed up everything I owned in a rental, rental, rental car and just drove. And there's something about that. I think, I think it really goes to the part of like, just really putting yourself on a limb, like not really knowing how it's going to work out. I mean, that's the ultimate dark night right there. And it's like, 
that's the place you really want to be because you have nothing left to grab onto other than the love of God, which is the only thing you need. <laughs> you know? and, and, and the love of God comes through so many different places. I mean, like, I, I don't know how your experience worked with where you were staying, but I was amazed that when I drove from New York to California, every place I stopped, I stayed with someone I knew. I was like, I can't believe I know people living all around the country at this point where I can plan a trip and have a place to stay with someone welcoming me. And also not just that, but also encouraging me. I mean, like, how does this happen? I mean, like, it it, it, it seems to me, at least in my life, that the more you just try to, like, let go of trying to be in control of anything, <laughs> humanity actually wins. <laughs> because you, you start seeing just the goodness of other people, not because they're feeling bad for you, but because, like, we really desire this type of common unity and a, and a common bond and a, and a way to to know that we're all working as members of a body to to bring healing and also to bring encouragement and also to to help shine light along the path so um I, i'm sorry just kind of going off on that but i mean just that just reminded me so much of my experience of, of driving cross country but when you arrive in new york i mean entering the seminary is kind of a, a process so was it just like okay we're happy you're here. Let's start. I mean, they like how did what did they do with you? Yeah. <laughs> and this is the archdiocese in New York, right? So you're yeah. So you well, apply for the archdiocese in New York. Well, it's funny you you should say that about the trip and you having you know um, friends along the way, which is awesome. Like I didn't have any friends along the way, but God <laughs> provided for me too because I stopped at one place and literally in the middle, like and I because at that time I just. I didn't have any money either at that time. It was like, I don't know, another story, but, um, but I remember I stopped. So I was stopping at the cheapest places I could find, which is always a cool experience, but I was staying at one place. I think it was in Ohio or something. I don't remember. And it was a mega storm outside. And I was like, wow, like that storm sounds like it's inside my room. And I like turned on the lights and it literally was inside my room. Like, it was like a leak of water just pouring. <laughs> and um, so I got that night free. And then, <laughs> and then another one, I, I stopped at another place and I got like, they had to move my room because of some other reason. And, and they gave me like a 50% discount off of like 60 bucks or whatever. <laughs> like, so I was like, all right, like God's, God's got this, you know? Um, Cross the country for under a hundred bucks. You yeah, know? totally. Um, yeah. yeah, so then I, I show up at the seminary and when I got here, I literally only had, I think like, a, like maybe two days before I had to like show up at the seminary. And now I'd lived in, in LA for California for 13 years. So like, everyone was like, Whoa, you moved back. Like my whole family's here, everybody. Mm -hmm. And I was like, kind of here for like, like a day and a half. And then I was like, bye, like I, you know, was going in, into the, um, into the seminary. Um, so it was a, <laughs> it was a mega, mega, um, culture shock transition. Like, I mean, even church wise, like the churches are a little different everywhere, you know, nor sure. Northeast is different, a little different than California and it's all like good, but it's all like, everything is a little different and sure. Um, and 
I remember getting there and like the priests were wearing all these things that I'd never seen before. And, mm -hmm. and I was like in a black leather jacket, like tight leather jacket and like shorts and, you know, and they were kind of <laughs> like, okay, like, do you have some, um, trousers to wear, you know, like that kind of thing, you know? And, um, so I think they were equally as scared of me as I was of them, but, um, <laughs> But then it, it, it turned out, you know, it all, it all turned out fine. And, um, it, I mean, it was, it was an experience as, yeah. as you know, but, uh, but as much as I probably complained about it in the day, I look back with a, with a grateful heart over the whole thing. Well, yeah, I mean, and you know, I, and I, I was not really a big fan of the whole seminary experience, but I mean, but, but look at just, you know, the, the relationships that, that were formed. I mean, we're, we're talking here simply because we spent time in the seminary together and, and, you know, in every time in our life, there's things that we are not liking about what's where we've been placed, but there's always something good to hold on to. And, and seminary is no exception to that. But uh, so w what made you pull the plug? Yeah, you know, I mean, you can, this goes for a lot of things, you know, um, that piece, you know, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. is there an inner peace? Um, and is the, does that piece, does it increase? Or is it does it decrease and like, and not just like, Oh, how do I feel about it? But like a deep, a, a, a deep inner peace in that spot where, you know, where it, it takes a little effort to get to it. But, um, but I knew, um, that through the years that peace was, was not increasing. It was decreasing to, mm -hmm. to the point where every year I kind of was more like I was found myself just okay kind of forcing it a little bit um and when you're in the seminary it's so busy there's so much going on your next three years are planned like mm -hmm. summers are planned like so you, you you don't really have much of a chance to like slow down and so i remember kind of like okay i gotta think about this but then like two years would go by you know um right it, it got to the point where I was like, it was a very strong um, lack of peace there. And I remember talking to my spiritual director and he was like, yeah, I kind of, I kind of knew this was coming. And mm -hmm. um, the seminary is about discerning, you know, God's will in your life. It's not about only about becoming a priest. It's about, sure. okay, like finding, you know, really discerning what God's will is and and another spiritual director used to say to me, like, if anything gets you out of here, you're not going back. It's it's because you're moving forward. You're moving on uh, up onto something else. And and I really, um, I mean, my whole life, I was uh, in some sort of creative world. Um, right. You know, art school and drawing since I'm two, and like all, and and I did, I was just like like, that's me, that's my identity. Like, that's yeah. who I am. And, and like that, that's what I got to do. And, um, I remember a very wise seminarian friend, um, said to me once, priest is not something you do. It's like who you are, you know? And that always stuck with me. Um, mm. because I was like, yeah, I could do the priest thing and I could be a priest, I think, but like who I am, is creative person like that is that's who i am you know um sure sure and that's what i wanted to to um sort of do with everything that i now learned 
which I'm very grateful for from that time in the seminary. Yeah, yeah. Wow, so much to unpack just about those those things. But I, I really caught with this whole creative thing, because one thing I really realized just recently is that um, one of the dangers in the seminary is that it can really stifle creativity uh, for the very reason that you just said, like everything's planned out for you. And that does not really lend itself to opportunities to do creative things. So if you are an extremely creative type of person like yourself, I, I could see how that could be attention. Now, I don't think I was able to articulate it that way for myself personally until just recently. And um, I don't know if I talked to you about this, but it's something I've been talking about with like everyone is that I'm, I'm just so enamored by this new book from Rick Rubin, the record producer called um, The Creative Act, A Way of Being. And he makes the argument in this book that everyone is creative. Uh, you know, it, it's a creative action to just think about what's the quickest way to get from point A to point B, right? I mean, there's a, a level of creativity. You know, business people are creative. Um, just a, a janitor is creative on how he wants to go about cleaning a room and whatnot. I mean, like everyone has a, a creative impulse in them. And I think that that is really uh, the, the sign of how God works through us uh, mm -hmm. as we co-create this world with God. Um, and hey, so yeah. I, I, as you're saying that, that's, it's just kind of, it just resonates that way with me. A amen. Yeah. And yeah. I, I always, I, I love the term, the divine artist, you know, God, yeah. God is the, the first artist, you know, and, and like, like God is the, like the create creator, the creative. And like, I, um, and to be creative, and I agree 100% with what you said, because to be creative is 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 to be like God in, in that way, to be right. genitive, you know, to be like, um, and so, um, so yeah, I, and, and I just, I just did a little piece about something about that. And, and it, and it just, my, the opening line was just like, okay, even if you're not creative, I'm sure you're creative in some way. Yeah. And, and a lot of people responded to that because they were like, well, yeah, I never really thought I'm creative, but like when I make a card or when I like do this or like, I, I, should, like, I do it like nobody else can do it. And I'm like, you know, and, sure. and it's like, yeah, you, everybody's creative in, you know, in, in some way, which is, which is yeah. beautiful. It's being yeah. like God. I, I think that I've been coming to a, a place where I like to just try to almost think of these words like interchangeably. I think to be creative is to be contemplative, to be contemplative is to be attentive, to be attentive is to be a participant in creation. And you just start taking everything you're seeing and it becomes uniquely manifested in what you do. Like, I mean, it, I think that's basically the, the uniqueness of every person. You know, it's that we all are creative. We all been created to be creative. And to be creative means to be contemplative, to gaze upon something. And to be contemplative is to be attentive to what's in front of you. And to be attentive is to recognize that, oh, you are a participant in this world with lots of stuff. And most importantly, lots of people who are, who are giving to you ultimately uh, God's presence uh, for you to then take and to uniquely make sense of and to share as a creative person. I mean, th that is really life in a nutshell, you know, and, and, and that's the, the excitement about life too.
you enjoyed Father John Gribowicz. He will be back as a contributing podcaster. Please share the Sunday to Sunday Witness podcast with your friends. And if you have comments, send them to me, Anne Mary at sundaytosunday.com. As always, this is Anne Mary Mullane coming from Kearney, New Jersey for Sunday to Sunday Productions.